Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, literally Heather. So... I'm pretty much only going to talk about one thing today because I feel like it's really important that people understand what's going on. There's an article that came out this morning. Well, it was late last night uh, about uh, from Rolling Stone. And so do you guys remember when the government colluded with foreign countries to imprison Julian Assange? And all the media rejoiced because bad man gone, you know, the one that actually reported factual information with zero spin. Well, something interesting has transpired and has not received much immediate much media attention at all. And like I said, it's going to take up almost the entire show today. So uh, let's get right into it. Emmy-winning producer James Gordon Meek has had his home raided by the FBI in April... His colleagues say they haven't seen him since then. At a minute before 5 a.m. on April 27th, ABC News' James Gordon Meek fired off a tweet with a single word, facts, in large letters. The network's national security investigative producer was responding to former CIA agent Mark Polymeropoulos, I think that's how you say his name, his take that the Ukrainian military, with the assistance from the United States, was thriving against Russian forces. Polymeropolis's tweet, filled with acronyms indecipherable to the layperson like TTPS, UW, and EW, was itself a reply to a missive from Washington Post Pentagon reporter Dan Lamoth who noted that the wealth of information the U.S. military had gathered about Russian ops by observing their combat strategy in real time. The interchange illustrated the interplay between the national security community and those who actually cover it. And no one straddled both worlds quite like Meek did. He is an Emmy-winning deep-dive journalist who was also a former senior counterterrorism advisor and investigator for the House Homeland Security Committee. To his detractors within ABC, he was apparently something of a military fanboy, Uh, but his track record of exclusives was undeniable. He broke the news of a foiled terrorist plot in New York City. I don't know if you guys remember that. He covered the Army's cover-up of a fratricidal death of a PFC Dave Sherritt in Iraq a bombshell that earned Meek a face-to-face meeting with Obama with nine years at ABC under his belt. So just as I'm going through this article, you guys keep in mind some of the things that I'm saying, right? He's an Emmy award-winning journalist. He was at ABC for nine years, okay? Like, just keep that in mind as I go through some of this. Um... With nine years at ABC under his belt, and he was getting ready. There was a documentary that was getting ready to release. It was a Hulu documentary, um, which was also receiving heavy Emmy attention. 
He had an upcoming book on the military's withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I mean, he was a 52 year old, six foot seven bear of a man who appeared to be at the height and pinnacle of his profession. So his apartment is in Arlington, Virginia. And there was a, I guess, surreal scene is what they say in the article, unfolding. Meek's tweet marked the last time that he posted on social media. The first thing that his neighbor, John Antonelli, noticed that morning was the black utility vehicle with blacked out windows blocking traffic in both directions on Columbia Pike. It was just before dawn on that day. So this is in April. Keep in mind, we're in October now, and this is just now coming out. A self-described police vehicle historian, Antonelli was about to grab a cop grab a coffee at Starbucks before he uh, started his daily three-mile walk. He inched closer to get a better vantage when he saw an olive green Lenko Bearcat G2, which is an armored tactical vehicle that's often employed by the FBI, among other agencies. A few Arlington County cruisers surrounded the scene, but all of the other vehicles were unmarked, including the Bearcat itself. Antonelli counted at least 10 heavily armed personnel in the group. None of them bore anything identifying which agency was conducting the raid. After only 10 minutes, the operation inside... Hold on, I'm sorry. After just 10 minutes, the operation inside the Siena Park apartment complex. Multiple sources familiar with the matter say that Meek was the target of an FBI raid at the apartments. An FBI representative told Rolling Stone that its agents were present on that morning and gave the address conducting a, quote, court-authorized law enforcement activity. The FBI cannot comment further on an ongoing investigation. They can sure the fuck comment on tons of investigations, but not ones that they don't want you to know about. (sighs) Meek has been charged with no crimes. So this is vitally important to note. And and I'm so I've reached out to two friends within the Department of Justice. One is a criminal attorney, and I've asked for any sort of arraignment, indictment, Any sort of documentation out of the Alexandria courthouse, there's none. There is nothing at all with regards to this situation. It is a, it is like it didn't happen. It doesn't exist. Um, Independent observers believe the raid is among the first and quite possibly the first to be carried out on a journalist by the Biden administration a federal magistrate judge in the Virginia Eastern District Court signed off on the search warrant the day before the raid. If the raid was for Meeks' records, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco would have had to give her blessing because a new policy that was enacted last year prohibits federal prosecutors from seizing journalists' documents. Mm -mm. Any exception requires the Deputy Attorney General's approval. Gabe Rotman at the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press said, To my knowledge, there hasn't been a case since January of 2021 in the raid's aftermath. Meek has made himself scarce. None of his neighbors 
with whom Rolling Stone spoke, have seen him since this happened. His apartment appears to be vacant. Sienna Park management declined to confirm whether or not their tenant was still there or if he was gone, citing privacy policies. Several ABC News colleagues who are accustomed to unraveling mysteries and cracking investigative stories told Rolling Stone that they have no idea what happened to Meek. He fell off the face of the earth, said one employee, and people asked, but no one knew the answer. This reminds me, so we're reading 1984 for book club right now. There's a a section where there's a guy, his name is Sim, and one day he just disappears. And you go and you look at this roster to see like his name on the roster, and it has just been, it's disappeared. It's not even like marked out, like they reprinted it, and he's just not on there. He was completely unpersoned. That's what this reminds me of, and you'll see why as I go a little bit further into this. So... An ABC representative told Rolling Stone he resigned very abruptly and hasn't worked for us for months. Sources for nine years. He worked there for nine years and he just up and quit. There was no ABC article that came out and said, hey, this correspondent is leaving. We wish him the best. You know, none of that kind of stuff occurred here, which is wild. Almost 10, almost a decade. He was with this organization and they have said nothing. Sources familiar with the matter say federal agents allegedly found classified information on his laptop during their raid. One investigative journalist who worked with Meek said it was would be highly unusual for a reporter or producer to keep any classified information on a computer. Mr. Meek is unaware. Okay, so this is his attorney talking. Mr. Meek is unaware of what allegations anonymous sources are making about his possession of classified documents. His lawyer's name is Eugene Gorokov. He said if such documents exist as claimed, this would be within the scope of his long career as an investigative journalist covering government wrongdoing. The allegations in your inquiry are troubling for a different reason. They appear to come from a source inside of the government. It is highly inappropriate and illegal for individuals in the government to leak information about an ongoing investigation. We hope that the DOJ promptly investigates the source of this leak. Which, so that's interesting, right? You have a journalist call and ask for information. We can't comment on that. But magically, you're talking about you found national security documents, on his, classified documents on his computer. Where did that information come from? If you can't comment on an ongoing investigation, it's unclear what story, if any, would have put Meek in the FBI crosshairs. Meek worked on extremely sensitive topics, from high profile terrorists to Americans being held abroad to the exploits of Eric Prince, who is the founder of the military contractor Blackwater. This is where it gets super interesting, you guys. In recent years, some of Meek's highest profile reporting delved into a 2017 ambush by ISIS in Niger that left four American Green Berets dead. Meek and ABC then adapted that story into a feature-length documentary, 3212 Unredacted, which debuted last year on Veterans Day on ABC's sister company, Hulu. Now I wonder... What information would a Joe Biden administration be desperate to conceal? 
An Emmy campaign began prior to Meek's disappearance with events like a screening, a Q&A at the Motion Picture Association in D.C. that the journalist actually attended with one of his daughters. The story was particularly incendiary because it undermined the Pentagon's official narrative of what happened on the ground in the African nation and presented, quote, evidence of a cover-up at the highest levels of the army. Adding intrigue, sources say another ABC investigative journalist, his name is Brian Epstein, who worked on the project with him as a producer, director, and cinematographer, same project, the 3212 Unredacted, also abruptly and inexplicably left the network a few months before Meek did. So once both of those gentlemen were gone, Hulu stopped Emmy campaigning and the documentary failed to receive a nomination. Epstein told Rolling Stone, I'm not commenting on this story and hung up on them. Even stranger, in the months before he vanished, Meek was working on a book for Simon & Schuster titled Operation Pineapple Express, the incredible story of a group of Americans who undertook one last mission and honored a promise in Afghanistan, in which he co-authored with Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, who's retired as a Green Beret. Meek even featured a picture of the soon-to-be-published book on his bio on social media, frequently tweeted about his involvement with the project. But after April 27th, the book jacket photo disappeared from his bio. Simon and Schuster scrubbed his name from all press materials. The first sentence of the jacket formerly read, in April, ABC News correspondent James Gordon Meek got an urgent call from a special forces operator serving overseas. Now it says, in April, an urgent call was placed from a special forces operator serving overseas. They've, they've completely wiped him off. It's like he didn't exist anymore. Simon & Schuster didn't respond to a request for comment. Shocker. Mann, who is solely promoting the book, which published in August, became a New York Times bestseller and said that he's unsure of what exactly happened to Meek. He contacted me in the spring, was really distraught, told me he had some serious personal issues going on and that he needed to withdraw from the project. As a guy who's a combat veteran, excuse me, who's a combat veteran, who's seen that kind of strain, I don't know what it was. I honored it. He went on his way and I continued on the project. Mann says that he hasn't heard from Meek since that conversation. At ABC News, his sudden absence has left many of his colleagues perplexed, given that he still had time remaining on his contract, but his background was often shrouded in mystery. Some contemporaries were under the impression that he had previously served in the military. One described a picture in his office that was taken in a desert in which all of the others posing with him had their faces blacked out. One co-worker described him as sometimes gruff, but otherwise collaborative. And then Ben Sherwood, president of ABC News at the time, once lauded his accomplishments in a staff memo, noting that his vast knowledge of national security issues and skills as a deep diving reporter. Now Meek appears to be on the wrong side 
of the national security apparatus. And no one can say for certain if law enforcement officers actually removed him from the building. Thus, the riddle has been born. Documents pertaining to the case remain sealed. I guess another person who worked on 3212 Unredacted said, I just want to know what happened. Meek's situation is making me nervous. I'm just going to deadbolt my door. Now for me, the super interesting thing about this story is that there isn't a single article, as I stated earlier, from the organization that he worked with discussing his abrupt departure. Even today, as this has blown up and a lot of these other networks and organizations have like picked up the story and been talking about it, ABC News is still completely mum on the subject. You would think that a news organization would want to protect and keep their journalists safe, especially considering that there are so few of them left in the world. But it appears that that this is just a, let's toss up our hands, the government's going to government and We're just going to leave that alone, which I think is fucking insane. It's crazy. Just a couple things real quick that I want to touch on before I end the episode for today. I'm not going to go into the stories, but I will include the story links. I just really wanted to dedicate some time to this because we're getting to the point. uh, This is Gestapo-like behavior, and you're eating your own. Like Meeks was not a Republican or even an independent. He was a fairly left-wing journalist. So now we're to the point where you're just silencing people solely based on the fact that you don't want dirt on the government out there. And that's, oh man, that's bullshit. Okay. So real quick, Belgorod has been seen now and it's only about 270 miles away from a NATO border. It was docked in a port in Severodonsvitskinsk. I don't know how to say that name. But go look at the link and check out the article. Um, This is the one that has the Poseidon nuke on it. It is only 270 miles away from NATO. So I say NATO border. NATO is not a country, and I'm not really sure why the headline's written that way. But anyway. Okay. Uh, headline of this article, Biden just took a swing at lowering gas prices ahead of the midterm elections. How do you think he did that? Oh, because he's going to release 14 million more barrels of oil from the federal government stockpile without any plan of filling it back up. And, you know, they say this is going to bring gas prices down, but when you're selling it overseas, it's not going to help the United States. It's not going to help our gas prices. It's just going to hurt us. And I mean, if you watched him today, the goal is to get us in electric vehicles. And so if they make it to where we don't have oil or we're paying outrageous prices for it, uh, I talked to someone today, the hopeful expectation is that within a year, we're paying $10 a gallon for gas to force us into um, other types of vehicles. So I'll uh, make sure I link all of these articles. So real quick, Uh, I've been filling you guys in on this whole situation with these murders, this quadruple murder in Oklahoma. Apparently, the person of interest, Joe Kennedy, who is a 67-year-old owner of the scrapyard where the bodies were shot and dismembered, he was picked up 
in Florida and appeared in court on unrelated charges. So I, I am not really sure. I, I'm assuming that they'll extradite him back to Oklahoma. I mean, he is a suspect in four deaths, but I don't understand how he was picked up in Florida on unrelated charges. Like, what are you doing, sir? Like, you're just committing crimes all over the place. Last thing for the day, and then I'll let you guys go. George Floyd's family is considering legal action against Kanye West over his comments about Floyd's death. Kanye West, before legally changing his name, said on the Drink Champs podcast that Floyd's death was the result of an overdose and not from former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin kneeling on the black man's neck before for more than nine minutes. He said, I watched the George Floyd documentary that Candace Owens put out. One of the things that his two roommates said was they want a tall guy like me, and the day he died, he said a prayer for eight minutes. They hit him with fentanyl. If you look, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. Even though Chauvin's been convicted, it said, while one cannot defame the dead, the family of George Floyd is considering suit for Kanye's false statements about the manner of his death claiming that Floyd died from fentanyl, not the brutality established criminally and civilly, undermines and diminishes the Floyd family's fight. So that article will be posted in the links below. I appreciate you guys taking the time. I apologize for the late drop today. I It's my busy season, so I will make sure that I put an episode out every day, but it just might uh, take me a little bit to get it to you. So I went a little long, but I really wanted to cover that other story with you guys. You guys take care. Have a wonderful Wednesday. We have book club tonight here in, oh my gosh, it's like right now. I love you guys. You guys take care and have a good night. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.